You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, LuchaCentral.com presents Straight Out of the Bodega with King Fat Boy Papo Esco. From the wrestling world of the podcast world, it's Straight Out of the Bodega with your host, the King Fat Boy Papo Esco. Yo, it's Thursday. And you know what that means. You have arrived. Pulled up. Welcome to another edition of Straight Out of the Bodega. I am your master of ceremonies. Hold on, let me take a breath for this one. The bully from the bodega. The lucha thug. The one-man lucha gang. El Rey Gordo himself. The king fat boy, Papo Esco. And as always, man, we're going to take you on this ride. A ride through the blocks, back alleys, and street corners of the bodega. We're going to give you everything you need that's pro wrestling. Maybe a little bit of entertainment. But I'm ready. I hope you're ready. So take a seat. Pour up your favorite drink. And let's ride. Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two one two. Hello? Is this thing on? This is a test of the Lucha Central Podcast Network, and we're bringing you another edition of Straight Out of the Bodega. I hope you guys are in good spirits, man. I hope you're having a good week. Me, last week, I was a little out of sorts, man. I was down and out, but this week, I'm back. I'm in good spirits, even though we're still in this pandemic. It's pretty frustrating, pretty aggravating, to be honest with you. You know, I'm here in the state of California, and we still... Are in this pandemic we we are probably worse off than we were when we were at what should have been our highest point months ago but you know what can you do i know what we can do we got to help slow this spread so wash your hands social distance and please wear your lucha-masks.com face cover all right wear that mask all right only we can stop this spread and we all got to work together to do so but if we work together we'll be able to get through this anyway we got a great show for you today but before we get into the details of that i want to introduce you guys to a new segment now i haven't figured out if we're going to do this once a week once every other week once a month but we're going to do it and i hope that you guys do enjoy it the segment is called popo's pick now what is popo's pick it's simple I'm going to recommend a movie or a TV show to you, all right? I'm going to recommend it. Hopefully, you listeners will check it out and then talk to me on social media. Talk to me, I'll talk back, I promise you. Let me know if it's a good one. Let me know if I was off base and it sucks, you know? Either way, it's going to be a fun time and you're going to get something to do and have something to do to take your mind off of everything that's going on around you. So for the first installment of Popo's Pick... Drum roll, please. Are you kidding me right now? That was a whack drum roll. You're fired. The door's that way. Don't let it hit you where the good Lord splits you. Get out. Damn. I'm sorry, y'all. Anyway, the Netflix film, The Old Guard. I recommend this movie 
I like it. Action packed. It stars Shirley Sher- Theron. I hope I said that right. Shirley Theron. And the easiest way I can explain it is she leads this band of mercenaries who are also immortal. They go through the ages just fighting off all kinds of bad guys and making things right in the world. And then they stop. Then they come back together for one more gig. And during that time, they got to fight off even more bad guys and they find some people to help them along the way. I'm not going to tell you too much more than that. You know, I don't want to make spoilers or anything like that. So check the movie out. Then go on social media. Hit me up. Talk to me. I'll talk back. I promise. Let me know if I'm off base. Was the movie good? Was it not? Talk to me. I don't know. I hope you know. I'm rambling right now. So I'm going to stop. Anyway, we got a great show for you today. On the show, we have FCW alumni, NXT alumni, WWE superstar, ring announcer, and manager to Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, yeah, he does it much better than I do. Anyway, Ricardo Rodriguez is on the show. We're going to sit down and have a good time. We're going to get right into it. But before we do, you know we got to go to the Golden Voice. You know we got to hear from the first lady of the Lucha Central Podcast Network family, Denise Salcedo with Lucha Central Central. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch your favorite shows each week or when to try a new one. Monday, the Business of the Business podcast is back as Master Public President Kevin Kleinrock talks with headlocked comic writer and creator Michael Kingston about his latest edition, Tales from the Road 2, and working with superstars including Jerry Lawler, Shane Helms, RVD, Pentagon Jr., Taya Valkyrie, and more as the book enters its final week on Kickstarter. Tuesdays, it's the Lucha Underground-centered show, Mass, Mats, and Mayhem. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at theluchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Also on Tuesdays, Wrestle Boss with Fabi Chulo live covering pro wrestling and MMA from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Pacific. Head to WrestleBossLive.com to listen live and even call in or download it Wednesday across podcast platforms. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the chisme from around the lucha world. Find the video version on Facebook Wednesday through Friday and then Saturdays download the audio version in podcast form. This week, AAA referee Piero takes a seat at the table and the crew talk about the controversy of luchadores and revenues from digital content as well as the growth of luchadores as YouTubers and influencers. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez. This week, Ricardo Rodriguez pulls up to the show and the trio talk about his start in SoCal, signing with the WWE and being the personal ring announcer for Alberto Del Rio, heading to India to be the head trainer at the Great Kali School and more. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en Español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and outside of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. 
This week, both shows take a look back at the packed weekend, including Mexico streaming shows from DTU and Mas Lucha's Women's Tournament, plus all of the Lucha-related matches on WWE Extreme Rules, Impact Wrestling Slammiversary, and AEW Dynamite. Plus, LC Weekly in Espanol looks at the greatest hair versus hair matches of all time and whose hair may be the most valuable in a match today. Be sure to subscribe and follow all of your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms. And please be sure to give a rating and review to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. And welcome back, welcome back to Straight Out of the Bodega. I am your master of ceremonies, the king, fat boy, Papa Wesco. And as always, I got to introduce my guy, my man, Pro Wrestling Revolution owner, Pro Wrestling Revolution training, academy owner and operator. Ooh, I'm fumbling today. And owner and proprietor of lucha-mass.com. Gabe Ramirez, how you doing, brother? Um, can you do that again? Because like, yeah, you, know, right? you normally like, kill my intro now like i don't feel like even doing the podcast all right we're gonna do this one more time we're gonna keep we're gonna keep this part because i fumbled but we're gonna do it over again on the line with me my brother my man owner and operator of pro wrestling revolution owner and operator of pro wrestling revolution training academy and owner and proprietor of lucha-mass.com we got gabriel ramirez on the line my brother, up, man? man, I'm gonna have to add another business so you can just keep adding those operator of this, proprietor of that. And before, I'm, hey, so before dope. you know it, before you know it, you're gonna have as many businesses as I have. Damn names, it's gonna be great. I don't know, it's bro. That's that. That's that's too much, man. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know if I can take on. But you know what? I'm excited for today's podcast, man. Um, I am too. You know, as you know, it's gonna be a great one. I mean, like, I, as you know, you know, I'm just hoping he has a lot of. Uh, Minutes on his uh, prepaid phone card because I know those uh, those, those SoCal guys, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they always got those prepaid phones. They have to run to Walmart and put more dollars on it. And so here we go. Well, today we got on the podcast. I would like to think that he's a world traveler. He's been all over the world. Yes, he has. You know, he's he's had stints in Florida Championship Wrestling. That was the developmental territory before NXT came along. He 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 was in NXT. He was a WWE superstar and ring announcer for <coughs> Alberto Del Rio. Well, I'm pretty sure he says it much better than I do. We got Ricardo Rodriguez on the line. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm more impressed that uh, I think Gabe, he did better with my intro than he did yours. Uh, I think he gave me more titles. He gave me more titles than he did you. So uh, you're gonna get a tip on on your uh, on your Venmo or your 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 uh, OnlyFans thing. Oh, I I, I, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't have an OnlyFans. <laughs> I got. I don't have an OnlyFans. I got fans only. <laughs> How you doing, brother? How you holding up, man? I know we in a pandemic and we got a lot of crazy stuff going on right now. How you doing down there? I'm I'm, I'm good, man. I'm actually thankfully uh, I've been working. I've been busy so uh, throughout this whole thing. So that helps a lot. Uh, I can only imagine what other folks are going through of just being at home. Um, or, or for as as you know, what everything that's going on of people that don't stay home and then mess, yeah, mess, yeah. mess it up for everybody else. But just keeping busy, dude. Uh, 
just trying try, try waiting for this to, to get over with and so we can get back to to our routine of of, of wrestling and, and sports and being outside and, and all that other stuff. Absolutely. Well, I definitely want to get right into it, man. There's a lot of content and great stories that we're going to hear from you tonight. I want to get started, you know, from, from the beginning. Um, you, you debuted in, uh, what was it, 2006, right? And yeah. you were basically running around the Southern California circuit. Um, do I hear this right? You started out wrestling in backyards first? I did. I, uh, I, even before 2006, I was, uh, I found a little backyard fed here in, uh, in San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles. And, um, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool cause they had a ring, uh, <laughs> I up online. They had a ring. It was awesome. They had videos. They had quote unquote monthly shows. And then, um, well, so when I, when I, that's, I, that sounds like every other indie going on lately. You know what I mean? So, and, uh, it turns it out backyard. <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was a backyard, and then they had an old beat up boxing ring. Uh, so that's that's how I learned initially how to bump and how to do all that stuff. Uh, aside from the grass, because I mean I, uh, I, I, I learned yeah, how to yeah. bump in my grass and uh, and in school too, in high school. Uh, so, when did you actually get into an? Uh, you know, I don't want to say an actual ring, but I'm going to say it for the sake of what we're talking about: an actual ring and start being trained by actual, you know, uh, professional. Uh, it was probably 2005. Um, I'm trying to think in my head uh, off the top. I can't remember the exact dates, but it was mid early 2005. Uh, we were doing um, we were doing well prior to that. We were doing backyard shows, and then uh, I met this guy who some of us already know, Joe Medina from down here in in Southern California. Yeah, who ran uh, lucha shows, and and uh, he came to one of our our, our quote-unquote events, uh, backyard events, because we used to fly our PWG. So, <laughs> we yeah. to, like, I, I was—I mean, I, I'm a graphic designer before pro wrestler. Um, so that's where I got my degree in was graphic design and animation. So I would make these pretty bomb ass uh, flyers, especially for lucha standards or like uh, even even like uh, independent level uh, type of flyers. I would make some pretty bomb ass ones. And then uh, we would go and flyer. We would go to PWG in Los Feliz, and we would go flyer. And uh, it caught the attention of certain people, and then it got the attention of, of Joe Medina. He came to our to one of our shows. He came to one of our, again, quote-unquote, trainings, um, which it wasn't even training. It was just we spent a whole month rehearsing our matches. Uh, <laughs> again, well, again got- that, that, that sounds like standard indie wrestling right now anyway, so <laughs> I think you're okay. So, so that he came along and then he's like, Hey, do you want to, I mean, basically he, he offered us if he wanted to, if, if he wanted to train and I want to say it was probably like around, yeah, 2005, uh, mid early 2005. So who, who did you, who did you actually train with? I, I heard a lot of names, you know, uh, black Pearl gang rail, uh, the, um, Phoenix stars, okay. I mean, were these the, the guys that were, you know, instrumental in your training or were they in your class with you? They, they came along, along the lines much later. Um, okay. the, my original trainer was, his, uh, was this guy named Latigo Blanco. Uh, okay. short little dude, short little brown dude. And, but man, he should beat the hell out of us, man. He should kick the shit out of us. <laughs> um, and like I said, <laughs> he, he would be a trend. Yeah. Yeah, I see a trend. I see a trend there. <laughs> 
he would just destroy us. But uh, like, and we had to, we had to earn our way to get into the ring. Um, we had to earn our way to to do some offense because uh, he would just kick our ass. Uh, basically, the same kind of concept that they would do at at, at the PC, where they want to see if you quit. Uh, but I mean, I stuck around with it, and then eventually he started taking me out to to like shows and stuff with him, and and um, like I think the first couple of matches I did with against him, um, and then like I said, it was the same thing. He would just kick my ass, but still, like he was getting me out there, getting a vibe for the crowd and stuff and whatever. Um, yeah, I've always I've always heard like we man every single time we have one of these podcasts we talk about the training aspect of it and a lot of the guys that you know have been have been training since prior to 2010 they all say pretty much the same thing is like there there was a there was a a period of time where it was still old school right you were still getting your ass handed to you to see if you actually even wanted to do this yeah. right so you you went through that type of training and 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 you were able to make it through you debuted now to take me through some of the early stages of your uh your wrestling career i know you were running all over uh socal you know what was that experience like and and talk to me about when you started uh to to see things starting to click fireworks per se going on well eventually i started training the american style because all i knew at first was lucha that's all i knew that's all i knew um and even like the smallest guys knew how to base for me, and I'm a tall dude. I'm, and then even though I was like a thousand pounds lighter back there, like 14 years ago, uh, I was still I've always I've always been five eleven, six feet tall. You know, so like that never changed. So that never changed. Um, but people like they were like half my size would know how to base for me because that's what lucha is. And then they you learn how to base, uh, you learn how to fly. Uh, but then when I switched over to the American side, it was a whole another like world of like what they don't know how to carry you. What what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah. How, how 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 does this big ass behemoth doesn't know how, how can he not catch me? Right. Uh, but uh, but then yeah, that's when I switched over to the American style, and then uh, that's when I got in with uh, like I said Zogre and MSS Phoenix Star. That's when I got in with them. Uh, Shamu Junior would come in every now and then. Um, but that's kind of, but but it kind of helped that they were lucha American. I mean, obviously they knew lucha Mexican lucha, but they 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 their style was lucha American, so it helped the transition, uh, to to go from lucha to American style. It helped that they knew lucha style and they knew how to transition. Um, so they were helping. They were able to help you build yeah. into or actually get introduced into that hybrid lucha American style and help you transition into the scene that you were going to be uh, cutting your teeth in. Right? Basically. Yeah. And then, uh, and then when I really started getting my, my break in, in the American circuit or just in wrestling in general um, was with uh, UEW that used to be owned uh, by like uh, carnage, Robbie Phoenix at the time. Uh, 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 what the hell was his name? You suicide. Um, and then that company was predominantly more of a hardcore style, like the, the death matches and stuff that was, they were predominantly that, but they just happened to be having a cruiserweight tournament. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then, uh, Joe Medina used to use these guys a lot for the, for their shows. Um, used to use these guys. So they had some kind of a deal. So that's how I got in with them. They were at the shows with Joe. And then when they did this cruiserweight thing, um, they brought in a bunch of guys from NorCal. They brought in you know, a bunch of us from SoCal. Um, and that's where I met Virgil Flynn, actually. Rest in peace. I know he just had his, uh, his anniversary recently. 
Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Virg yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, rest in peace to Virgil Flynn. So during that time, you know, you're cutting your teeth in, in, in the SoCal area and, you know, you're starting to, you know, gain ground. In that time, you, you had a chance to work other places, right, outside of the SoCal area, outside of the West Coast. Uh, talk to me about um, Chikara. You know, uh, I think you did Dragon Gate USA at a, at a time, you know, I mean, were these the reason why I want you to talk about these is because I, I know that, you know, we talk about this, me and Gabe a lot, you know, in order for you to be better, you have to wrestle people that are better than you. So I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, where and when did you start wrestling these people that were actually elevating your game? You know, I want to talk about the fireworks going off and 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 when you really started seeing, you know, the bigger picture of, of wrestling. See, here's here's the big difference though, in in and and I I get where you're coming from. I it was very rare that I ever got like high profile matches. It was and then still to this day, it's very rare. Um, still to however, this day, though, no manches. No, no, I mean, <laughs> even to this day, it's it's very rare that I get high profile matches. I'll never, I I've never gone like your Penta. I've never gone your your uh, I don't know, fuck your Kenny King or, or your your JB. So I've never gotten those type of matches. You know, like. Christopher Daniels. Uh, I've always gotten guys that are, you know, roughly the same level that I am. However, however, what I did get a lot of was variety. That's what I got a lot out of. I got a lot of guys who, like, I got to work with, like, Tim Thatcher, Thatcher, who was a, a, a just a grappler. And then, and then, like, the next show, they would put me with, uh, 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 what was that, that dude that was up there with you, Gabe, a Golden Lion? Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I would work with someone like him, and then the next show I would work like a, a big heavyweight. So I started working with a lot of variety. That's where I started picking apart. You know, okay, I can do this with this guy. This works with this one. This works with that. And then that's what kind of helped me develop my sense of of me because I know that I can transform myself. If they wanted um, a striker, I can be that striker. If they wanted a grappler, I can be that grappler. If they wanted a lucha guy, I'll be that lucha guy. That's where I started. Uh, uh, developing my my style, my right. sense. But in SoCal, uh, I mean, where, where did, I mean, obviously you, you talked about um, UEW and what have you, but the, uh, SoCal is it's always been known for having a shitload of indies. That's for one, oh, yeah. a, a shitload of hybrids as well. So um, you know, uh, where were you sticking in most? Like, uh, did did you? you know, try to find a home. Cause in my experience, if I'm wrong, um, when I was groomed in this area, we all had a home for the most part. And mm -hmm. SoCal, there really wasn't a home. It's almost like you guys were like, you know, like sleeping on people's couches for a couple of months. Then you move on to someone else's couch and you go. Almost like there. a territory. So you were there for, for, for that was the majority of your time or were like, did you train besides with, with Zocre and Phoenix star? Did you go elsewhere? Did you work like, you know, other indies that are not around anymore. Like where did you start honing your craft in? My, my prom home promotion was basically SoCal pro. That's once I started with, with them down in San Diego and Oceanside, that's where I really started to, to like call that my home. Um, even though I'm not from San Diego, like I, I built a really good relationship, relationship with Jeff Dino down there. Oh. Um, so like to me, to me that's that's always been my home promotion because he always took care of me. Um, and then my secondary would, would have been like Battleground, but 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 I was never like one of their favorites. But they always trusted me. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. Uh, the, the, this is the the J. Um, 
the uh, be- uh Jason Benedict or Jen- Jason Bennett uh, yeah. battleground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two hall. They always trusted me though that I would have good matches. Um, they would put me like I said. They never gave me high profile matches, but they would give me variety. Um, like I had be- before he was called uh, before he was so- called Simon Gotch. I had Ryan Drago. Um, so I would have like Joy Harder. These were grapplers, and then they would put me with like you know green boys that were like me. So we I learned. Uh, like I said, I that's that was the, I think that's an advantage to me that I had a lot of variety, and I got to pick from different people. Um, but but as far as like the training, like yeah, dude, I was I was training once I got the blessing from my explore. Um, like I was I was going to one place on Mondays, I was going to a different place on Tuesdays. I was I was training like four or five days a week. And that, yeah, places. and that's the thing about SoCal that I've always found so different from up, um, from us up here. And we're, we're we're talking about a seven hour car, you know, car drive from one to the other, and the the variation, you know, like. For here, we've always tried to have homes like uh, I was groomed in, you know, a, uh, groomed in APW, um, but obviously now in, in Revolution, you we have our home here, and then but the training schools have never been that many. Even though the ones we have up here, I think we still have way too many because a lot of them suck. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. And, and then in SoCal, you've had a lot of places, but it, they never really were. Um, training schools. It was most like, hey, you know what? I rented a building. I have a ring. And then on Monday, um, Luchador trains whoever shows up. And on Tuesday, somebody else. So I think that's the different grooming that you guys um, were receiving in a sense where you guys were like, it's kind of like your your Theo throwing you in the pool and going, fuck it, swing, swim, swim. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the difference over here is that. We, we were taking care of them. Um, so w- when I first met you, you and I uh, came across each other uh, 2009, maybe, uh, at uh, Championship Wrestling, NWA Championship uh, Wrestling yeah, yeah. Hollywood. Yep. You know, and that's when when I first came came across you, and I was like, "Who the hell is in this outfit?" I was like, "Cause typically when you see lucha gear, it's always some guy in some you know uh, some tantarans and a in a cheap mask." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and no, and and here here comes this guy in his great outfit. I'm like, oh my god, look at this guy! And I said, hey, so you know, what do you work under? He goes, Chimera. I go, oh man, another comic book guy. I was like, shit, man. I was like, why is everyone? It's not even a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> but the comic books are great, though. Yeah, like, yeah, but you gotta, superhero you, character. You gotta remember though, this is this is 2000, and you know, because everybody want to have these over the top names. I was like, Oh man, I said, and I saw his work and I was like, man, I think I, I, I want to, you know, work on some shows. And I go, Hey, but I, I might want you to do a different name. He goes, Nope. And I said, no, he goes, Nope, not changing my name, not doing this, not doing that. And I was like, all right. But, uh, I, one thing I could tell though, that he, you had, like they say in Lucha, tres colmillo, you know what I mean? And so that's something I've always got from you that, you know, you always found a way to make it work. So if you went from backyard and you hopped around from couch to couch learning, what at what point did you feel like, yeah, you know what? Um, I think I'm a little bit past the greenhorn stuff. Let me let me make that move. Did you make it or did someone make it for you where you had to, you know, make that move because it clicked? Yeah, that's that's a tough one though because uh, because that that click is consistent. It, like it, it happens every so often. Uh, just when you think you figure something out, 
something happens and then all of a sudden like, oh shit, wait, that makes more sense than what I thought made sense. Right. And as we evolve as wrestlers, as performers, we continuously, we, we we're always learning and we're always evolving. That's what we should all be doing. We should all be progressing. Um, the, the moment mm -hmm. I feel content with where I'm at, that's when I'm, I should think that like, Hey, maybe I, I I'm a know-it-all now. So like, uh, maybe this isn't for me anymore right. uh, cause it'll become dull. Yeah. Um, so like I'm con even, even now, like I'm watching stuff and I'm like, fuck, even stuff that's old. I like, I just watched, uh, I was watching, uh, uh, the new, um, new Japan, the super Jacob 94. And I've seen this tournament a thousand times. But every single time I watch it, I learn something new. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I know. Right. I know. For me, the first time I went to Europe, um, the company that I worked for, they were a company that brought that had a lot of like heavyweights, and they brought in a lot of old WWF guys. So here I come in. I do a flying headsters. I'm in my whole like Chimera gear. Um, I do a flying headsters and the crowd just loses their mind. And I was like, what the fuck? That was like back home. That's, <laughs> like, back home, that's nothing. Some they hadn't seen before. Yeah, what was that company? Yeah, because of that, in that crowd, but that's when I started learning. Okay. Well, this crowd is different. This right. crowd is used to this. Uh, that's when I started like to, to analyze the crowd. Um, before, like as I go out and before the matches, I'm like, okay, what do I have? I have a bunch of like, uh, 20 some year olds. Okay. They're going to want more impact. Uh, what about here? It's a Sunday. There's a bunch of kids. Okay, let's play with the crowd. Um, so as we go on, we develop certain things. Now, when I went to Chikara, that was a completely different crowd than what I did in Europe. Um, and the thing that I, 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 and I know we've talked about this in the past, and I've said this before so many times, the one thing that I appreciate about this experience was that um, uh, the guy that I worked uh uh cloudy um he was a very he was a he was a name in chikara he was already established there and then the very first thing he tells me once we you know introduce ourselves he's like hey man listen like uh and i'm paraphrasing um he's like hey man listen um they already know me here i don't have to do anything you do your you do your shit you do your stuff uh like show off and then uh, I'm like, dude, that's cool, man. Like, uh, you sure? He's like, yeah, dude, I don't have to do anything here. They already know me. Yeah. And that to me oh, was awesome. That to me was freaking cool. That to me was so amazing and something that I carried on for every single time that I did a tryout with somebody, a tryout, sorry, excuse me, a tryout with somebody with WWE. Right. Uh, the, like, Regal already knew me. Arn already knew me. Finley already knew me. Scott Armstrong already knew me. I didn't have to do anything for them. I wanted the guy who was doing the tryout to show off. Right. Um, so I would tell guys, uh, like, I, I had a try with Muhammad Ali, Mustafa Ali. Sorry, excuse me. No, matches Muhammad Ali, cabron. No. no. Uh, we're doing a podcast. I was Muhammad Ali, me and the Noki in the three way. <laughs> I had a try with Mustafa. And then I told him, I was like, hey, you do this thing, right? Uh, he was like, yeah. He was like, uh, you know, do it. And then he's like, oh, you know myself? I was like, yeah, dude, we were in Chicago together. We did the same tournament. But uh, but anyway, like, <laughs> but before before, but see, here's the thing though: you hop, you were hopping couch to couch, learning, doing shows. But there's no way you went from a couch all the way to freaking, uh, you know, uh, Germany nah. or England. No, nah, uh, I mean, what took you there though? Like what, like what happened? Like what was the trans, uh, the transgression from going there? Like did you call someone? They called you? I mean, because. You know, uh, the social media was not there. You know, the, the oh, oh no, 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 hold on, know, it, it was, it was, no, it was just, it MySpace, just wasn't, it, MySpace, MySpace, and YouTube, MySpace and YouTube. 
That's how I got. That's how we got. That's how I got booked in in Europe. Where'd you, where'd uh, you go in Europe? I found a promoter in uh, in Germany, mm-hmm. and I just messaged him, and then he's like, "Hey, send me some information or send me some some stuff." And at the time, I was recording. I would take a video camera and I would record all my matches, and I would make highlight videos of all uh, at the time of all my matches, and I would put them up on YouTube. Um, and then that's what I sent. I sent him like three, four matches, and he enjoyed it. So then he's like, "Hey, listen, if you fly yourself out here, we'll put you on shows." He gave me three, sh- two or three shows. He's like, "We'll put you out here, and then you know we'll get you going." I was like, "Cool." Uh, the flights at the time were cheap as shit. Uh, I had a good job. Um, so like the flights were, were was easy. Right. Uh, by the time I, I I got there, I got paid. I did my merch. I broke even. But- okay. Okay. But see, right now I think that's a perfect example. Just because just the other day I had an incident and and I want to touch on it because a lot of people, um, and I think you can appreciate this. And I think Papo has heard me say this a million times, and I'll still say it. People right now on the independent level, and it's, being, it's getting worse. It's obviously the COVID thing has put a halt to it. Um, and maybe it's a blessing in disguise and sense of me, the mentality would change when we go back to normal. Okay. But it, it, and again, we're talking in a wrestling bubble. I don't want to get caught up in this. Like, Oh, it's COVID is bad. Cause we know it's bad. But the problem with indie wrestling is like, Oh, well, you know, what's my pay? What's my PO? And you got these greenhorns who've wrestled for seven months, two years. What's the PO? What's my trance? Shut the fuck up. Like, you know, like no, where did the who invented the fifty dollar payout? Who invented twenty five dollar payouts? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, that doesn't exist. Somebody did it, and then some fucking guy goes, "Oh, that's the normal payout." No, no, no. The fact that people fly themselves in, um, people would go, "Oh, you never fly yourself in." Uh, oh, they paid bullshit. You'd be surprised how many people fly themselves in to get that opportunity. You know, right. I mean, there's people now who who won't leave L.A. to San Francisco unless they got, you know, I need to have gas, hotel, uh, toll bridge. Uh, I need to have, you know, <laughs> my snack, my Gatorade, my high C, you know, and a fucking sticker that I want to scratch and sniff for the six hour drive. It's insane. You know, what I mean, it's like and then they always, you know, always assume that as a promoter, he's making millions. Oh, God, I would trade <laughs> you. I would trade you to go in the ring, wrestle for six minutes and get your hundred dollar payout for me as a promoter or any decent promoter who's spending thousands upon thousands and thousands and thousands and going in going, holy shit, I'm going to lose 10 grand. You know, what I mean, I yeah. think the fact that people are willing to invest in themselves because as a promoter, I've, I've had tons of people fly themselves in for stuff because they were hungry. Like you wanted to get new, like they were telling me, look, brother, I'll fly myself in. Can I get a good match? I want to expose, you know, my talent, my ability, X, Y, and Z. And I would look at their work and I was like, damn, man, you're solid. But why can't I bring them in? Well, why, same reason why someone can't bring you in to, to Germany. The flights are expensive. No one's going to pay to come see you because we're we're nobodies. But the moment mm-hmm. you're there, now they're like, well, shit, where'd you come from? And that's when you earn your spot, right? That's when they go, hey, brother, you know what? I'll bring you back. Let's make it work. Now, with that being said, you worked in Chikara. You, you, you made people pop. You made some good contacts. Did that catapult you to somebody go – Shit! How did Chimera get to Germany? Monkey see, well, monkey I do. Did, I did you know? Germany first. I did Germany first. 
Exactly. Um, so, I, so I had that resume already that I had just gone, and it was my first time in Europe. So um, I went with the with an old high school friend of mine, um, and then so we went to Germany, and then we hopped over to like I think uh, uh, we had a we had a layover in in Amsterdam, so we hung out there for like a little bit, and then we. Oh, oh no wonder you I'm went. I'm not a smoker. You so are. I didn't, oh, let's go, go to so Amsterdam. I, whatever. Yeah, no matches. Well, you didn't go look at the freaking uh, red light district. Where red all light district. Come on now. Ah, you may not smoke, but no matches. You didn't go and look at least. Okay. <laughs> if you look at the menu, just don't order. Right there, there you go. go. There you go. There you go. But then, but, that, that, uh, then, that, but then, okay. um, um, actually, um, Johnny Yuma was the one that had contacted Mike Quackenbush first, um, and then from there, I think he had. I, I I don't remember exactly the full details, but I had also messaged Quackenbush prior, and uh, many months prior before, like the, the he was looking for for the Young Lions Cup, right? Um, and I think like Quackenbush had asked Yuma about me, uh, if he knew who I was, because I had already I had also messaged uh, Quackenbush, and whatever paths crossed, and then both myself and Yuma ended up going to to Chikara for that tournament. Um, but, uh, but at the time, at the time, at the time, no, no, actually, no, no, you, you most very sociable. Yeah. So he, he made friends over there too, but I mean, I always go, I usually go into places with the aspect of business. Like, yeah. Hey, cool. Like it's a sad truth that you have to realize too, that we're not here to make friends. It's great if you do, it's great if you do, yeah. but it's still a business. In your discussions yeah. with Quackenbush, did Backyard ever come up? Because, I mean, that's another guy who started off in Backyard. And, um, and he, he, he took a lot of heat in the very beginning when he was coming out in his area in his time. Um, he was very open about being Backyard in a time where, um, like in the 70s, if you were Backyard, you weren't considered the Backyard like you would expect a bunch of kids to be breaking, mm -hmm. you know, chairs. They, they, they were just – they would – study and and they do safe moves and because they couldn't find someone to train in the era of quackenbush and you backyard was considered a lot different he got a lot of backlash for it he got you know he's a self-trained guy when he first came up and took a lot of shit for it you know but he uh overcame it and obviously uh started a legacy with 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 chimera with chimera with chikara now i know yeah, that that too you know, with you, yeah, with you as well. So, did that ever come up with you guys? You know, did, did no, no. Um, I didn't. I didn't have. Well, if you have you met Quack, yeah. Um, he's very, um, he's very OCD sometimes. So, like, he's very like, and plus it was show day, so like he didn't really talk to to us much. He was just worried about getting everything set and make sure right. everything was right. Um, so he was running around. So we didn't really talk. I mean, he did tell me after the match or at, uh, the day after. Cause it was a three day, uh, the young Lions cup is a three day. Right. So the second day, cause I was on night one, the second day he, he told me, he's like, Hey, you know, uh, cause I, cause, uh, cloudy went over the first night and then, um, and then he's like, Oh, you know, we, we should have switched up the, the finish or whatever, but you know, Hey, we'll, we'll keep in touch. So that was that. Um, so that was that, and then uh, we talked a few times after that, but nothing ever came date-wise. We couldn't uh, – the f very few times that we chatted, uh, nothing came from it because of dates, we, whatever. 
Uh, but then after, like, like I said, after Chikara and, and Europe and whatever, like I, I became uh, consistent in Europe. I was going back and forth a lot uh, into Germany because, like you said, I invested in myself and I went and I, I impressed over there, thankfully, and I did well over there. Uh, so the promoter over there kept bringing me back uh, now on his dime. Exactly, mine. exactly. And that's a perfect example. Absolutely, because, you know, the guy took a chance on him. You know, he, he invested in himself. He worked well. He turned. And then at that point now, as a promoter, he, he says, OK, cool. Well, he's somebody new. Um, I can work with him. He's hungry. He's flexible. But I'm sure if he would have went to him. All right, bro. I need to get this much. I need to have my own hotel room. I, because believe it or not, I get a, as a promoter, I get that asked a lot, and I, I, it's okay when I get it from you know a, a superstar from from Mexico or or you know X WWE whatever. I, I I can understand that, but when you have indie guys, you know, hey, what's the PO? You know, what's my hotel looking like? Hotel? You live in LA, bro. The show's over. Guess what? Get in your car and go home. <laughs> go home. You know what I mean? And that's one thing I always teach my guys, man. Don't ask if I mean now if you're doing a 12, 13 hour drive, no mommies. Yeah, ask for something. Ask to crash on the couch. Don't ask for a hotel room unless yeah. you know it's there, but no manches. LA and back, they're asking for room. So I think what you did is, you know, is awesome. And I think you can look back now and go, if I would have made those moves, who knows, right? Yeah, and it was the same thing with Jakara. We flew ourselves out there. Yeah, um, because it was gonna be a, it was gonna be the first time that either one of us had gone to the East Coast, and it was a, it was gonna be for a big company like Chikara. Um, so we we just said fuck it, let's go. And then that night, uh, we didn't we couldn't afford a hotel, so we slept in the airport. Um, oh wow, to catch up flights. Yeah, see, it's flight it's flight. A, and uh, you know I I appreciate that. That's like an old school mentality when it comes to wrestlers. It's you know you want to apply your trade, you want to make sure that you take everything to the next level every single time. So here you go, you know you're you're wrestling people that are on your level, maybe a little bit better. You're, you're wrestling all kinds of different varieties of professional wrestlers. You're learning and applying your trade through trial and error. You're 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 getting yourself on a plane, traveling yourself over to these places just to be heard and to be seen, you know, what, at what point did you say, okay, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm there. And, and more importantly, at what point did the WWE come looking at you? Well, the WWE didn't come looking for me. Uh, I had <laughs> worked, um, I had done a show for Jesse Hernandez uh, and I worked this guy, uh, Brandon Parker. Um, and, um, after the match, I, I, uh, cause the, the, the finish was, was, was screwed up. We messed up the finish and then I kicked Been out there. of uh, Brandon's finish. <laughs> Been there multiple times. <laughs> he, would do, he used to do like the top rope, uh, double stomp or the double stomp off the top rope. That's like uh, he had, yeah. So he had slipped and then he only caught me like with one foot. Uh, so when he went to cover me, he tried to like lock me in and I kicked out and then we ended up doing this other spot and then we, we redid the finish, but we did a whole, we, you know, we, we dicked around it. Uh, well, if, if he would have slapped the leg, it would have covered it up. <laughs> that's that's fact. <laughs> so then, uh, so then when Jesse came up afterwards, he was like, Hey, what happened with the finish? And I told him, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I kicked out. I apologize. So it was, mind you, this is the first time I met Jesse. I was like, I apologize. You know, just the finish came off bad. So like, I want to redo it. He's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm glad you did because had that been the finish, it would have, you know, it would have been upset. You know, you know how Jesse talks. Yeah. Um, 
And then, uh, and then afterwards, he pulls me aside. So as I'm, uh, I finish changing whatever. I right before I go to say my goodbyes, he pulls me aside. And he's like, "Hey, WWE's coming to town. Uh, would you be interested in doing a tryout?" Uh, which I mean, like like I've told you guys before, like WWE was never my my, my your goal. goal. Yeah, right, right. Did um, you ask Jesse what the payout was going to be? <laughs> I want I want a uh, five star hotel, <laughs> crab leg. <laughs> No, but then uh, yeah, he's like, hey, they're you know they're they're looking for for lucha guys. Um, if you're interested, I was like, yeah, of course. And I had not watched WWE in a long time, so like I tried to stuff as much stuff as I could in my head. Uh, what was it, like in like almost a month before they came, yeah, like a like a crash course. You yeah, crash course, WWE crash course. Yeah, hey, basically. Uh, Ricardo, before before you continue on with this, you you skipped over something. You said that wasn't your goal. We we've heard the story, but for the listeners, what what was your goal? Uh, my goal, my goal was always like Mexico. That that was like AAA, yeah. uh Also Japan. I wanted to go to Japan so bad, and I still want to go to Japan. Um, though those are my goals. You've never was, gone to Japan? Never been to Japan, man. My brother. Years and haven't been to Japan. And like I said before, I want that stupid jacket. Okay, bro. I, I see some bro. Bro, yes, yes, Papa, you're correct. We'll take this offline afterwards, and we'll talk. But uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean. Your goal, you know, what's funny is like when, um, when I was, uh, coming up in Daniel Bryan, when I first met Daniel Bryan or American Dragon, uh, Brian Danielson, his goals, um, was always, uh, Mexico as well. He was mm -hmm. a huge Lucha fan, you know, he yeah. loved, he loved it so much and he loves, you know, Hijo del Santo, Octagon. He just loved that AAA product. He always wanted yeah, to uh, work Mexico. Triple AAA, triple A in the nineties, man, was oh, yeah. amazing. Era todo. Yeah. You know, and that was his goal. And it's funny because obviously he's in WWE and he he is who he is now. But you know, he came from the Shawn Michaels Academy. You know, he Impressive. had he had everything there. He had try up on try up, contract after contract. And when I run into him for the for that year or two, and we uh, worked together and trained together, he says, "Yeah, my goal is Mexico." And I was like, "What? Mexico?" He goes, "Oh, bro, I love lucha, and this is this is a, a technical, uh, uh, you know, a great mat worker. Of you know, he's you see who he is. He's always been like that, yeah. and you know, and for him was lucha, you know, which is great. You know, people not may not know that too much about him. And one of his ultimate goals was Mexico that he finally got to fulfill. So for you, you've actually you know had those goals." did you feel like you had second thoughts when you got that offer of a tryout did you go ah you know what's not my goals because if you consider you went to school for graphic design and they offer you a plumber job you're like eh, not into it <laughs> you know what was going through your mind when someone says hey uh you're looking they're looking for lucha guys Are you into it did you feel like well they're not real lucha mexico's real what was going through your head when you get that offer no, I mean at first, obviously, like, like I, I did, I did watch WWE like years prior. So I mean, I like, yeah, of course. You, plus, it's TV. Of course, you want to be on TV. Um, I had already, uh, I had done a lot of like TV stuff uh, down here because I've done like extra work and stuff for like movies and 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 like TV shows and shit. Because that's obviously the thing here in LA. Right. Um, so like, I've done TV stuff, and obviously, I always wanted to be in front of a camera. Um, and obviously, WWE's TV. So, like, when I was offered it, of course, I said yes. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. Um, 
I've never done extra work, so I didn't know. And what this to is do. this and is then, before the website. This is before filling up filling up a form and yeah, providing yeah, yeah. blood work and your date of birth and yeah, you know all and, this stuff. This is just a and, thing. Is and like, at the time, uh -huh. at the time, I was also training with Rikishi and Gangrel and Black Pearl. That's when I was with them and and Orlando Jordan. That's right. when I was with them. Uh, so like I knew obviously I knew who they were. Uh, I knew they were doing so, and, and I knew like. Uh, uh, and I was training mainly with with Gangrel, so he taught me uh, oh, yeah. basically the WWE style. That guy is one of the most underrated yeah. people mm -hmm. in yeah. this business. That guy, such a cool man, dude too. He knows so much. He comes from a Stampede era where he learned yeah. so much and yeah. does it all, and so humble. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, he'll freaking knock your ass off. He has to. Oh, I've seen, I've seen him mad. That's, <laughs> no. I've seen him mad. That's but a he scary is dude. Such a, such a great guy. So yeah. now you go into a WWE tryout with, with the background of Rikishi and you have the, in the territory, you know, training behind you. You started off with your trainers in Lucha. You've, you've gone couch to couch. You've done a little bit of Germany, you've done a little bit of Chikara. You've gotten your feet wet. You know, you've done a little bit of TV. Actually, now you go into this tryout feeling comfortable to be a luchador, right? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Well, well, they didn't really test me on, on the lucha stuff. There were a bunch of, mind you, it's also LA. So we're all like Latinos. There's only, I think, <laughs> things like Joy and, and like two other guys were like the non-Latinos one there. Uh, but everybody there was Latino. Um, and then, uh, and then, like I said, like I've told you in, in the in the past, uh, we did uh, we did like a man in the middle where like one person got in the middle and then everybody just beat him up. Uh, and I stayed in there for as long as I could, fuck like forty some minutes. Uh, I would get beat up for a little while. Somebody would tag me out, and then I would wait for like a minute or two and then tag myself back in. Forty minutes of man in the middle. I do. I just I just wanted to get in there, and I want I want to be seen. That was, the thing that, that was the thing that Gangrel told me. He's like, just make sure you're... The cardio, focused. cardio, cardio, huh? Make yeah, sure you yeah. stand out, yeah. Yeah, and at the time, like, like I said, I was like a thousand pounds lighter. So, I mean, I, my cardio was there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I was, I also, I was, I was four, so... Uh, you know, I, I, still had the, I still had the energy. And, uh, <laughs> so, man in, man in the middle, 40 minutes, tagging in and out, trying to make sure you're seen... What is the perspective of the of the WWE, you know, agents and officials that were watching? Well, at the work? time, at the time, it was uh, Jamie Noble, uh, Evan Bourne, and then Tyson Kidd. Those were the guys that were there. Wow. Um, and obviously, like uh, I know, like Evan had done obviously PWG. So had um, so had uh, uh, Jamie Noble had done PWG. So there was like two or three guys there that were from PWG and then from that circle. So obviously, there's you can tell that there was like a little bit of favoritism, per se. No, that a wrestling, bro. No, my miss. But that's but that's like I said. Like I want to stay in there as much as I could because I want to be seen. Yeah. And then after that happened, we did matches, and uh, like I've said before, like we we did like a tournament style, um, and then they would take the one that they liked from each match and they put them up against each other, and then they went on and went on, and then I guess before at the end it was myself and uh, Mercury Junior. Um, okay. Match happens. Uh, Ty, uh, can, uh, not, not can, um, Ty Bailey. Yeah. He was the, the 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 scout at the time. Yeah, he was a scout heavy for FCW as well, right? Uh, yeah. 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 That was that was a, that was a, the main guy, and then he pulled me aside and he asked me if I was interested, if given the opportunity, if I would be interested in going to Florida. 
which obviously I told him yes. And um, and we've all been in wrestling before. We, I mean, we we know we've heard promises left and right. We know how it goes, right. so we just kind of yep. take it for what it is. And we're like, yeah, hey, okay, sure. And then that was it. And then I got offered the deal the following day for the Alberto thing, and then it just went from there. Okay, well, you're skipping uh, a big, I, big, yep. big part. Is he? Oh, hell yeah. Yep. What do you know, babe? He acts like they, like they were waiting for him to be the ring announcer. <laughs> no, mames. So on this very same day that he got the ring announcer gig, I also got a phone call. And I was told, hey, uh, we hear you have a, uh, a ring announcer who's bilingual. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, um, do you think you can get him to Bakersfield? And I was like, yeah, when do you need him? They're all, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning? What's going on? They're like, we have this, this thing. We can't tell you exactly what it is, but it's a project for Laronitis. I said, okay. Um, what's the deal? He just needs to be a ring announcer. I'm like, this is a fucking rib. You want a ring announcer? Like, I, I, I know I'm not a legend or a fucking old school, but I'm not green. Who the fuck gets a tryout to, you know, for a last minute tryout to a ring announcer? He goes, well, um, X, Y, and Z, can he be there? And yeah, I go, matter of fact, so at the same time, I had my wife calling a ring announcer who also was trained to wrestle. I told him he can bump, blah, blah, blah. And he, I go, hey, on your way to Bakersfield, Cut that freaking hair, shave everything off, get clean cut, get your suit on and go. He was gone. And so I get the call, I said he's on his way, still on his way. I'm like, oh, man, and I, and I still can't be told what's going on. I'm, All right, well, he's on his way. You know, I'll let you know when he's in the area. Don't worry about hotel, nothing. He'll be at the location you're telling me to be at in his car, parking lot, ready to go. As soon as you tell me he's, he's a go, green light, he'll go. All right, thank you, brother. Thank you. Wait and wait. <laughs> freaking wait i was like man this is way I, this is way too long man so i finally get a call about four hours later so now i know it got killed i'm like ah it happens i'll have to call him back and tell him hey it's part of the business and move on and he says hey brother um i hate to be the bearer of bad news i'm like no it's good bro don't worry and he says uh well the spot's been filled i go whoa i go who i go there's no bilingual ring announcers anywhere like i got the only one that can i go who filled the spot and he goes well do you know a guy named chimera i go no shit i go all right i go i go you know he speaks no freaking spanish or english right like he's not a ring announcer there oh well he did a hell of a job and you passed i'm like well i go can i ask what it was for there yeah he's gonna be the ring announcer for alberto del rio and we're gonna do a gimmick for him i was like fuck I go, ah, let's see what happens. And the rest is absolute history. Da, 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 da. <laughs> well, hey, Ricardo, was that was that the timeline? Or did we skip over some of the FCW work that you did? I mean, now you were a manager of the original Ascension. You did a lot of work under the hood. Well, uh, I, I, I did this tryout before, before ah, going to okay. FCW. So yeah. I started backwards. I oh, started backwards. Okay. I got hired backwards. on the road and then got sent to FCW. Yep. Um, but wow. I was rarely at FCW um, because I was on the road. So I started backwards. So you were doing uh, the, you were doing the gimmick full time, and then you would go to FCW on downtime. 
Oh, my days off, yeah, yeah. I would have to go to FCW. Yeah. So, like, I, I wasn't liked by a lot of people at FCW. Oh, yeah, you had you had jumped, you had leapfrogged a bunch of people, man. So, I take had, me through that. I had leapfrogged the whole developmental system. Right, but, sure. but were you not liked because of developmental, or were you not liked because you're Latino? Uh, probably both. both. Probably both. both. <laughs> no, no, I just wasn't like because I jumped everyone. <laughs> or they don't like you because you're an asshole. Because that's that's what I always tell people. That's, oh, that, that's, yeah. that's more likely. Yeah, because that's more I than mean, likely, you're Latino. You're hot headed. You know, you're in a great spot. So they see this guy coming in with some swag because you carry yourself that way. That's all of Did us. Did they think? Yeah. No, speak for yourself, asshole. Yeah, <laughs> that's all of us. <laughs> Woo. So did you? W- when did you say, "Hey, bro, uh, do we got heat or que onda? Or did you just keep your head down and keep it going? No, I just kept going. Um, eventually, uh, as time went on, I you know I made friends down there, and then just I just did my own thing. But uh, like I said, I've also been in wrestling long enough uh, to where like like I said, I wasn't there to make friends. Um, it's great. It's great that I did. But right. I wasn't there to make friends, and that's something that like I wish more people understood. We're not here to make friends. It's still so what a was the, So what was the initial experience? I mean, you went from you know wrestling on the independent circuit. You got to try out the chance, you know, uh, ring announcer audition where you know you you got that part. Now here you are on the main roster. You're immediately you know in contact with you know Alberto wow. Del Rio and all these agents and everything. You you. It seems like you went in head first, right? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, what was the experience like and the transitional period? You know, you went from independent level, you know, house show type of shows to the big grand stage where you have a thousand cameras and every single person around just trying to make sure that you stick to the script. It's overwhelming. Like? Uh, just like anything, though, like when you get thrown in there, it's very overwhelming. And uh, it, it was hard at first. Um trying to balance everything and try to like keep your emotions intact in and then not letting it get to you. Um, Cause it's not easy. It's not easy at all, man. Um, but, but like I said, I mean, I did meet good people down the road that kind of helped me out. And then eventually I developed a friendship with Alberto and with Chavo and, and a bunch of other folks uh, on the road. So that helped a lot. Um, Cause as, as, as like I said, like even though like it's still a business, and it it helps to have uh, familiar faces, and it helps to have uh, people a, a support system. It helps. Um, yeah, cause, yeah, because when you don't have it, it sucks, and it can get lonely, and then that it's that's a bad road to go down. But um, but no, it it was overwhelming, and then just with and it just like anything, with time, it becomes uh, it becomes a habit, it becomes a routine. Um, and your day, de- your debut, your actual debut, wasn't it on SmackDown? It was SmackDown August thirteenth, but I think it aired on August seventeenth uh, in Bakersfield. And that you was- came out, you came out in front of thousands of people. Yeah, you know, and and you announced his name. Oh, and I was, and, 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 I, and I was watching, waiting for him to fuck it up. I'm like, watch. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, watch, watch. Wait till he fucking fucks up the name and he can't roll the R. I'm going to be so pissed. I'm going to call the agent right now. And he fucking nailed it. Yeah. He nailed it. And he went on to have a, a, a great career as, as the not only the the ring announcer, but at, as the manager. I mean, the you manager. were involved in a lot of good, you know, uh, uh, spots, you know, during yeah. your tenure as Alberto. Well, WrestleMania. And that right there, mi gente, is where we're stopping. 
Yeah, I know, I know, I know Why are we stopping? There's a lot more to talk about We ain't done yet You're right, we're not done yet There is more to talk about And we're gonna do that next week So tune in next week for part two of Ricardo Rodriguez He's gonna pull back up to the podcast We're gonna sit down, finish the discussion And we're gonna have a lot of fun doing so I can't wait for you to hear it Speaking of which You're listening to us right now And you gotta be listening to us from somewhere So let us know What podcast platform are you using To listen to every episode Of Straight Out of the Bodega On the Lucha Central Podcast Network Is it Spotify? Is it iTunes? Is it iHeartRadio? Which one is it? Let us know And also do us another favor Follow, rate, review, subscribe Share, tell a friend Help us get the word out. Help us keep expanding our broadcast and our fan base so we can bring you the best possible podcast every single episode. We would appreciate it. Well, that's all the time we got. Before you go, though, check us out on social media. That's Straight Out of the Bodega on Facebook. Straight Out of the Bodega on Instagram. Twitter, at str 8 O-U-T-D-A-B-O-D-E-G-A Give us a follow, you might like what you find Also check me out on social media That's Papo Esco on Instagram Papo Esco on Facebook Papo underscore Esco on Twitter Talk to me, I talk back Well, guys, you ain't gotta go home But you gotta get the hell out of here So on behalf of the podcast, I am your master of ceremonies, the King Fat Boy Papoesco. We are out. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Masked Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution.